Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Um, the last few weeks have been very powerful. I hope you've been enjoying them. And it feels like everything that's since starting this series is just the anointing has been falling so very heavy in this room. And um, I'm believing God is going to continue to meet us here uh, tonight. Last week, we talked about you need this anointing. And um, uh, we talked about from Luke chapter 4, how Jesus uh, quoted the um, quoted uh, Isaiah 61 last week. And how, he, you know, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Um, talking about that there is a purpose to your anointing. The purpose of your anointing is a unique and how he gets into the specifics. You know what I'm saying? If you say that you're anointed, you should be able to identify what you are anointed in. Your anointed cell, everybody is anointed. And I talked about how last week the anointing from the Old Testament is different from the new. Um, and it's different in the sense that, um, that the anointing cannot be stripped or taken away from you. Um, if you're truly a born again believer, the anointing does not leave you. Um, now there's people who have mishaps, um, who are anointed people. Now did they lose their anointing? It's not that they lost their anointing, but their anointing became contaminated. And so as I told you last week is that, um, the anointing gives you access and because of mishaps and different things like that, unless a person is truly repentant, while you can still operate in the anointing because it's still for God's purpose, the Bible says that God's gifts and talents come without repentance. And so while you can still be anointed, you just won't be received as you were because no one can receive, you know, people can't really receive from you because your life is not matching up. So you don't want to be that person. And then you don't want to be, while God is still anointed, God will limit your use. So his spirit's still on you. You're still a child of God. He just can't trust you with that. Some people are not, you can't trust them with those platforms. I can't, I can't bring you there. Now, is it the fact that they, there's not a second chance and God does, that he, he doesn't give second chances? That's not the case at all. God does. But it depends on how, the, the, the real repentance of that particular individual. I'm telling you, your repentance has everything to do everything. It's not about you just saying, oh Lord, I'm sorry and don't change your attitude. It's not saying, Lord, I'm sorry and don't change your behavior. It's saying that, listen, it's one thing to admit you made a mistake and say you made a mistake, but it's another thing to change from it. And so a lot of times people can get up in front of you, but they didn't change. They just want to say what pleases your ear. But that doesn't fool God. It can fool people, but it doesn't fool God. That doesn't mean that they're less anointed. It just means that God will limit their use. Because God cannot put people in front of his people and give those platforms and opportunities and allow Christmas to be ruined for some, if you know what I mean. And so we talked about that last week and how it cannot be taken away from you and how your anointing serves specific. And as I ended last week, I talked about how the disciples who were once cowards free timid how the holy spirit empowered them and so i want to stay in this vein all right i want to talk to you uh tonight about the power of the anointing say the power of the anointing 
Say it's dynamic. It's dynamic. I'm putting on the screen one more time for you to understand uh, the anointing. Okay, the Greek meaning of uh, of anointing is made up of two words um, from the Greek word, which uh, one of the Greek words means to smear or rub oil, and the other one means to anoint. In the Hebrew term, uh, it has a secular connection, such as rubbing a shield with oil or smearing paint on a house or anointing the body with oil. And so again, to understand the anointing and very keeping it simple because I, I, I am a big um, person on keeping it simple. You have to understand it. Jesus in his teaching was simple. He used metaphors. He used uh, uh, the, uh, parables, um, but re which were metaphors to show symbolism to uh, a present day thing and bringing a spiritual truth behind it. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that I like to keep it simple. And so keep it simple with making it plain of what it is. It's not nothing deep. It's not something that's so deep, all right? So the anointing is the ability given uh, to the believer by God personally to fulfill God's purposes. The anointing is the Holy Spirit working through you to fulfill a particular task here in the earth. All right. And so we're going to talk about the power of the anointing tonight and how the anointing is the most powerful force in the earth. Yeah. It is the most powerful force in the earth. When Jesus said that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, that word power means dudamis. It is the it is the it is where we get our English word dynamite. He said, you shall receive power. He said, this dunamis of power, which is inherent power. All right. It's inherent. It's something that we receive from a source, which is the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit is the source of this power. He's the source of this power. All right. And so it is God. This is so fascinating how God will literally move on dirt he moves on dirt your body's made from dirt <laughs> he made man literally from dirt and said i'm going to give man dominion i'm going to give man power he breathed his spirit into man out of all of creation the only thing god breathed upon was men mankind he breathed on mankind he didn't breathe on the birds. He didn't breathe on the trees. He didn't breathe on the sea. He didn't breathe on the sky. He breathed on mankind. He made man in his own image. He didn't make animals in his own image. He made man in his own image. That's why I don't come from no monkey. <laughs> he made man in his own image. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Pastor Dom. Listen, stop whatever you're doing right now and go to our YouTube channel, Transformation Christian Fellowship TV, and like and subscribe to our channel. We have amazing content on there, inspiring vlogs, all of our sermon messages, all of our teachings from Transformation Tuesday, our check-ins with Elder Brittany and worship leader Oticia. You want to go right now and like and subscribe to our channel to catch all of this amazing content in one channel. And remember, transformation starts here. And so he made man in his own image and God 
in his own mind, because Isaiah said, God told Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. It is very fascinating how God would use flawed individuals. It's very fascinating, fascinating to me, ladies and gentlemen, how God would decide to use people like you and I. It's fascinating. I don't know why. I really don't have an answer to it. I really don't. There, I, I looked in the scriptures. I, it just God does it for his own good pleasure. That's what I sum it up for. You know what I'm saying? He does it for his, his, his good pleasure. And, and, and the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that he, and, 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 and he has a plan for this universe. He has a plan for the universe. The universe, it was a plan as the reason why he built all of this. He created all of this. There's a plan behind it. And so here, ladies and gentlemen, it was the anointing that hovered over the face of the earth, the spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the anointing is the most powerful force in the earth. It is literally, ladies and gentlemen, if you are born again, then Christ, the anointed one, his anointing lives on the inside of you. All right. The anointed, the Christ, the Christos, his anointed one, his spirit is in you. When you believe at the point of your salvation, you've been baptized into this anointing. Are you hearing me? Let's go this. Let's build the case for me tonight. First John chapter two. First John chapter two, verse 27 says this. But the anointing which you have received. All right. But who did you receive it from? From him abides in you. Now we got new merchandise coming out that says this man cannot manufacture this anointing. Because by the end of this series, this phrase will be imprinted in your mind and in your heart. That the anointing is not from Pastor Brandon. The anointing is not from any vessel you see on a stage. The anointing comes only from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He says, which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, before those of you who are watching online and those of you who are in person say, so we don't need a preacher. No, 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 no. This is not what, (laughs) this is not what it's saying. It's saying that the Holy Spirit is what helps to guide us into all truth. What this scripture is telling us is that the Holy Spirit comes to help us to decipher uh, truth from a lie. Are you get what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit comes to help us and guide us into the truth. And so that's why when some people say, I read the Bible, but I don't, you need the spirit to guide you into the truth of God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because that's the spirit can help you to discern from error and what is true. That's why when people say, well, why does preachers get away with a lot of things and saying things? Because people haven't used the power of the Holy Spirit to help them to decipher what's truth and what is error. If people could discern what's truth and error, then we could be like, oh, hold up, Mr. Preacher. Hold up, Mrs. Preacher. You're going to have to look at that one more time. 
Oh, y'all don't like that. People don't like that, but it's the truth. But the reality is, is that, but getting back to my point, is that the anointing, again, it abides. So here it is. Watch this. I like this. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 11. Let's go to Romans. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Hear me. I want you to see something. You had to be born again because the spirit cannot make a home in a, oh my God, a sinful body. You had to be regenerated by the power of my God, the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to be born again for the spirit to then come home with you. To then reside in you. The spirit wants to abide in you, but the spirit cannot abide in, in a person who has not been regenerated. Someone who has not been born again. Let me tell you something. You have to be born again for this anointing to then come and take residence in your life. Because a lot of people, what you think is anointing is just someone functioning off of their own strength of their talent. Functioning on their own strength of whatever they're gifted for naturally. But here is the difference between someone who's going on their strength and the anointing because the anointing enables you to do things that you cannot do. Oh my God. Uh, uh, by yourself. Are you hearing me? That's how powerful the anointing is. Like I told you last week, it is God's moving through an ordinary vessel for his supernatural presence to flow through them. The reason why, let me tell you something. God wants us to experience the supernatural happening in our lives. The supernatural is not something that's spooky. The supernatural is just the unmerited grace and favor of God that he wants us to live in. And he wants us to experience, say, I hear you. So reality is, ladies and gentlemen, this anointing is powerful and he wants you to have this power. He wants us to have this power. He told them to wait in Jerusalem because you need this power. You need Deuteronomy's power. He didn't say, he didn't say your power, your power can do nothing. He said, you need my supernatural. That's what you need. He said, in that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the first resurrection ever recorded in history, that power, that is no way. How can he get up from that? Hey, he's saying that power that raised Christ from the dead. He said, it's going to live in you. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you something. All the other things, Lazarus was resuscitated. It wasn't a resurrection. He lived to die again. Who yes. Jesus, I praise you. But Jesus, when he died, oh my God, oh my God, he rose. Oh my God, he, he did not die again. But the last time I checked that he's ever living to make intercession for you and I. Hallelujah, say I hear you. Hallelujah. And so the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that the anointing and this power is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He's saying this is the power that I want you to reside in. 
Let's go further and build on scripture because I like to build everything not on man-made philosophy. I want to build it on the word of God. What does the word of God has to say about the matter? Here we go. And so here it is. As we come more further into this, we have, e, we have Acts chapter 4, 13. Here it is. To set the scene again, Paul, uh, excuse me, not Paul, um, Peter and uh, John. At the gate called Beautiful, they healed this man. All right? Here's what happens. Now, when they have saw, now, who is the day? The day, ladies and gentlemen, are the people, the crowd that was around when this miracle took place. Yeah. Now, they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And here's what they did. It perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. They marveled. And they realized that they had been with who? The anointing is so powerful. These men, from what they perceived, did not have any educated training. They were untrained, and I have no problem with training, but they didn't realize that these men had the best trainer anyone could ever have. Is that they were training with God himself. Hallelujah, that Jesus wrapped up in flesh. Hallelujah. And then and that's why they perceived that they had been with Jesus, because even they knew that this man was very powerful. You may not want to say that he was your Messiah, but you knew that there was something different about this man. And so they perceived these men were uneducated they were untrained men and they marveled hallelujah people will marvel at you you're not you're not qualified for this how can they talk like this how can they walk in this type of boldness like they're doing how in the world can they oh my god get promoted upon everybody else how is it that they're skipping the line how is it that they're going this way and going that way it's not because i'm so great it's that i have the of the supernatural God giving me and training me and leading me into all truth and this power can be perceived that I've been with Jesus hallelujah you want to know how great how you want to know how the power of the anointing can exude so great in your life it's because intimacy is what breeds the power of God hey I can't go too far but oh my God the anointing only becomes stronger through intimacy that means you got to get into God's face you got to get into God's presence you want me to see somebody's anointing it's because I can perceive that they've been with Jesus that's how you know where the power is see I hear you tonight and so this power this power he says they perceived because these were ordinary men they were fishermen and they perceived they have been with Jesus can we build some more yeah. Ephesians 3 verse 16 the power of this anointing watch this this is Paul's prayer to the church of Ephesus to the Ephesian church, he tells them, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I want you to say to yourself, say, I am limited. But my God is unlimited. Unlimited. 
Oh my God, help me now. Hallelujah. And when his unlimited resources hit my limited ability, there's something extraordinary happen. And he fills me with this inner strength that I did not have before. That's the power of the anointing. God has a, say he has an unlimited supply. Put it in the chat, say he has an unlimited supply. That's how you can go through and experience it. People got, I hear so stories, people have lost loved ones and people have died and people are getting uh, diagnosed with different sicknesses, but there is an unlimited resource that you can draw from. I tell you, there's an inner strength that you can have. And that's all, I, I know this is against humanistic gospel because humanistic and that type of gospel want to tell you that the strength is within you, that the power is within you. Ah, no, 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 no. And no, 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 there's a person that's within you that if you're born again, hallelujah, because if you're not born again, I don't know what you got. You may got a little something, but guess what? That's going to run out. And that's when you got to draw on another supply that's outside of your supply. Hallelujah. And so, and so, the anointing, ladies and gentlemen, is more than you think it's manifesting. It's anointing, ladies and gentlemen, has, has is an unlimited supply of inner strength and power that God has in you. Let's build some more, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. The anointing has the power. So what does the anointing have the power to do? It has the power to break yoke. So I moved you. I moved you from the inner strength. And, and, and here, here's the thing. Now, I told you, the anointing is the ability to do something that you can, to achieve something that you cannot accomplish in your own strength. In your own strength, you cannot beat an addiction. In your own strength, you cannot overcome an addiction. I don't know what your therapist told you. I don't know what they told you. I don't speak bad about therapy. I always preach about it. But I'm telling you, I don't know what they, I don't know what your friend told you, but you can't beat an addiction without the power of the Holy Ghost. I know we want to pay Jesus and something else, but it's not Jesus and. They both, Jesus uses various things for his own purposes. Therapy is a part of the purpose of God. Why? Because even he says, I am a great counselor, a wonderful counselor. I know that may be something against whatever you think, but I'm going to tell you like it is that he's not a person against counseling. Hallelujah. The, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, don't go to war without wise counsel. Hallelujah. And the reality is this, ladies and gentlemen, is that while that is great, there is an anointing that is a destroyer. I said the anointing comes like a wrecking ball, Vernon. And what that begins to do is wreck every living thing that kept you by and it destroys it. Now, how do we know this? Isaiah 10. Isaiah 10, hear me. Verse 27. It shall come to pass in that day that this burden will be taken away from your shoulder 
and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Now, let me explain something to you about the Old Testament and about this anointing oil. The anointing oil was a symbolization of the filling of the Holy Spirit upon an individual. Are you getting me? When they put anoint, when they anointed priests, kings, and prophets, it was to symbolize and signify that this person has the mark and the stamp of the Holy One inside them. <laughs> when you were born again, Jesus marked you. You were anointed. You come from an anointed. Oh my God, an anointed a tree, a lineage. Thank you, EP, a lineage. You are the seed of Abraham. You have been anointed and guess what? When you come into this power, there is no way that yoke, because this yoke here is used in a negative connotation because I got to explain this to you because there's a difference here. Because Jesus then says, my yoke is easy and my burden are light. This is another, that's another type of way yoke is being used here. Yoke, ladies and gentlemen, is being used to describe that something that is holding you down. Matter of fact, let me break it down to you this way. A yoke was a wooden cross piece fastened over the necks of two animals. Predominantly, ladies and gentlemen, it was bulls and oxen to plow fields and pull wagons. And they had to be the same height. Because if they weren't, one would be carrying most of the weight. Again, that's not the type of yoke. I'm not going to stay on track. I'm not going to go there. To help control the animal. And more importantly, to limit its movement. If the oxen starts to get off course, the yoke is used to pull it back. So Judah, ladies and gentlemen, because of the disobedience of the king found themselves in the, because uh, Assyrian was not supposed to take over them. But because of that disobedience of the southern region of Israel, what begins to happen is, is that Assyria beats Israel and Syria. And that was not supposed to happen. But because of disobedience, God gave them over. Are you hearing me? And here it is, is that God is giving a promise to them. Yeah. He's saying, listen, not for long. It's not going to be forever. Right. He said the yoke is going to be broken. Yeah. And why is this? Because the yoke cannot stay on an anointed people. <laughs> he got a promise that he has to keep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has a promise. It can't stay on this. It can't stay on your bloodline. There's a promise. There's anointing on you. You can't. It can't stay in your generation. It can't got to break somewhere. Are you hearing me say not in my line? It stops with my line. Put it on the chat. Say it stops with me. It's not going to continue on. Divorce is not continuing on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Struggling financially is not going to continue on. Hallelujah. Low self-esteem is not continuing on in my line. Hallelujah. And he says, Assyria, the Lord is telling them the prophet, telling the prophet, he said, don't, 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 don't worry. The trouble and oppression is ending. He said it's ending. Because you guys have been anointed. While God could give you over to something, it will never kill you because you still have been marked by God. 
and at some point that thing is gonna break when you come in repentance oh my god help me now ah, it gotta break at some point I know you don't want to hear about repentance it's still it's still important today hallelujah repent ye therefore so that in the time of refreshing your sin can be blotted out hear me I said this anointing and so I don't know why God took me here because I was going to tell you about the miracles and I'm going to tell you people can get raised and all of that is about the anointing but I think more than people being raised right now is the real truth is the anointing is more than me beginning to prophesy even though I love to prophesy it's more ladies and gentlemen than me being able to lay hands on the sick and I love to see him recover ah, but if the anointing is powerful to do that then there the anointing got to be powerful to keep me living right oh my god i praise you tonight i know you don't want to talk about it but the reality is is that the anointing is more powerful than the sake of me serving others it serves me in return to make sure i ain't going off the cliff are you hearing me I don't need another conference telling me how anointed I am. I need a conference to tell me that the anointing is powerful to keep you in line. Hear me. Church, TCF, we are anointed people. I'm telling you now, God has given us this message series for such a time as this. Ladies and gentlemen, the yoke is being destroyed because of the anointing. And he's saying because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that yoke cannot stay there. I know people want to be customer service in customer service churches and I'm not coming for what you do but can I remind you about something there is no amount of LED lights there is no amount of of different programs for children's church and all of these places which are great and they're all nice but I gotta remind people tonight it was not that that got us here it was not that that got us to this point it was not that that got us here the what got us here ladies and gentlemen was off the power of the Holy Ghost what got us here ladies and gentlemen let me tell you some innovation does not grow a church it's the Spirit of God that grows a church the Bible says if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto thee. And the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that you gotta be in a house where the presence of the Spirit is not being quenched. Because the reality is, there ain't no way there is any yokes being broken if we got them on a restraint. There's got to be something bigger than this. There's not a amount of coffee. And we have all of that stuff. We got TVs, we got lights, we got all of that stuff. I'm not no hypocrite. I like nice stuff. What do you mean? Let's be honest. Nobody wanna be in no dungy looking place. I'm sorry. I've been places. Smells like old wooden, you know, chairs in there. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see, you say, hey, Sheldon, you smell that pine saw, you know. <laughs> that living pine saw, you know, you done did the chairs and stuff. <laughs> Woo! My God, you go, you know, old school looking, you know, facility, and it's like, man, I smell it already. And you know the mother downstairs in the kitchen cooking lemon cake. Yeah. Hallelujah. I know some people know about that lemon pound cake. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, that's funny. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that we got to understand the Holy Spirit that you try, try to manufacture is not what breaks yokes. It is the true authentic. And I know that word gets thrown around, authenticity. It is the true authentic presence of the Holy Spirit that is not manufactured by smoke. Just because you get a smoke machine and I just want to make it look like it's glory. That ain't, that ain't real glory. There got to be something that happens within a, in a, in a people. I'm not saying you got to be in service two, three hours. That's, I don't like to be in the service two, three hours. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you get there, the intensity. There is something that you can feel when you step in the room and like, I just feel something is going to happen today. That's the yoke-breaking power of the Holy Spirit. And where that is, nothing can stand in it. And if you leave out the same way, it's because you chose to. If you leave out that way, it's because you chose to. And I've heard people, the yoke breaking anointing is not you crying and dripping snot and all of that stuff in church. And then you leave out and, oh, I got a good cry. And just go about my business. That's nothing that's been broken there. I'm talking about the yoke breaking power of the anointing. It's the transformation happening in an evangel. Are you hearing me? There has to be ladies and gentlemen and I'm coming there has to be a difference and the power of the Holy Spirit the power because he's the one responsible for this anointing makes the difference and the anointing ladies and gentlemen has the power and I think I'm gonna land here to help us to live a godly life hear me like I said I was going to give you signs miracles and wonders and those are great. I believe in them. I told you that, that Jesus said signs and wonders shall follow those who believe, which they will. But guess what? You want to know what increases the intensity of that is the purity of the individual's heart. I think people have missed it. The greatness is not how great the gift is used. The greatness is how great the fruit of the Holy Spirit being produced in a person that makes the gift great and powerful. What does it mean? Paul said, what does it mean to prophesy and all of those things and you have no love? What does it mean to talk in tongues 
and you have not love. You're like tingling brass. What does it all mean, ladies and gentlemen, if I can pack a crowd and I can't even get myself right behind closed doors? What does it mean, ladies and gentlemen, for me to stand up front of you and tell you be faithful to your wife and I can't be faithful to mine? Jesus is calling us to this anointing that empowers us to live right. Hear me. And you, I'm not talking about empowering you to be a good person. <laughs> hey, but I'm a good person. What does that mean? Based upon what? What standard of good are you referring to? Oh, you think operating in your truth? Truth is not subjective. Somebody is the author of it. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Somebody's the author of it who can determine what is what and what is not. And in a culture today that tells you to live according to your truth is a, oh my God, is a lie of the enemy telling you basically to die. Your truth is killing you. The thief cometh to steal and kill and destroy. Are you hearing me? But I came, oh my God, that you may have life and have it abundantly. And having this life abundantly is having the power of this anointing. All right. I'm going to end right here. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. Verse 27 from the New Living Translation. It says this, and I will put my spirit in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want you to read the rest of it. So I will do what? So that. Did he say so you can lay hands on the sick? Israel had drifted away did he say to speak in tongues even though I believe in it no he said to do what to follow what my decrees and, and carefully do what so the anointing do what helps me to follow the decrees of God the anointing helps me to obey his regulations. The whole anointing helps me to live in truth and not to live in error. The anointing, ladies and gentlemen, helps me to live a godly life. I could not live that before. You and I, no matter how we tried, if you in the Old Testament, if you said that you have performed all nine of the all ten of the commandments and only did nine out of ten, you still didn't live up to it. We couldn't live like that. You know what? The, the law was there. It was perfect. The law was perfect. There was nothing imperfect about the law. What made the law imperfect was us. We couldn't live up to it. That's why God showed you. He showed you where we erred. You can't do it. That's why I came. God couldn't find anybody else to do it. That was his plan all along. 
His plan in the garden was that he would come. His plan all along was to use men and women to show them and to point them in the Old Testament to what was to come. To a new dispensation. Hallelujah. That the ladies and gentlemen, that the anointing ladies and gentlemen would be spread out among us all. Because we would all need it equally the same. It's not about the priests just living right. It's not about just the kings living right. It wasn't just, ladies and gentlemen, the prophets living right. Now God has put the onus with his spirit on us all. Hallelujah. That if you live according to the flesh, oh my God, you will produce what the flesh produces. But if you live according to the spirit, you will produce what the spirit produces. Hallelujah. And when you live by the spirit, then this anointing produces greater power. Oh my God, help me. You will not fulfill the desires of the flesh when you're living according to the spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm tired of seeing us in the news headlines. I'm tired of seeing people make a mockery out of what all of this is. And what happens is, is that people want to water down the word of God because of what happened with men and not. And, and guess what? What happened with them does not negate what, what, what God, your responsibility. You still have to walk right. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Help me in this room tonight. Because the reality of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, God is not going to ask you. Uh, he's not going. He's going. When you stand in front of him, he's talking to you. He's not talking because of somebody. Well, my pastor, he he fell from. So I stopped coming to church and I stopped being fruitful. And I stop. God don't care. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with this anointing? What did you do with this power? What did you do? Did you hide it like that lazy servant because he had a bad mindset of God? What did you do with the anointing? Oh my God, what did you do with this power? Hallelujah, did you keep it to yourself? Uh, did you bury it within your dreams? Uh, did you bury it? Ah, but God is gonna ask you, what have you done? Hallelujah. The anointing is not that some people are greater than others. This anointing is not that they have a greater Holy Spirit than you. Oh no, he's given it to us all. And let me tell you something, if you live right, hallelujah, it's not about you doing it in your strength. This ain't about works. No, 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 no. I'm not giving them preaching to you a works gospel that you got to do it in yourself. I didn't just told you you can't live with you can't live this life in this in this walk with Christ, this anointed life without the spirit of God. You can't go anywhere with him. You cannot go anywhere without him. That's why Jesus said, I am the true vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you cannot do anything because I am the source. I am the source where nutrients and all the things that you need will flow to you. And so this anointing, as I come to a close tonight, it gives us the power to not just lay hands on the sick and they recover. 
not just so we can do something that we can have the wisdom that's unlimited, which is great, but it's to give us the power that the yokes will be destroyed. They give us the power that to live a life that is worthy to the calling. Hallelujah. It helps us to walk worthy to the calling of God. That's what it does. That's what the purpose of the spirit of God being anointed and filled with the spirit. That's the purpose. It's more than just me preaching and, and him falling on the message. If the messenger can't live the message, then I am no more than a hypocrite, a professional preacher preaching to you something I don't even believe for myself. Are you hearing me tonight? Hallelujah. What does all of this mean? If I get to heaven, he said, you did many works in my name but I never knew you. What does it mean to do all of this? Oh, I was under the anointing. He could use anybody. He used a donkey to ride himself into, uh, 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 ride himself into Jerusalem. Anybody can be used. Doesn't matter. Thank you, but I don't know you. What does it mean to you receive the word and you don't see me there? Oh, I, think, I know you don't want to hear this. All of it is in vain if you don't got the anointing. Stand to your feet and begin to pray right here. Say, God, I repent of anything. I got to be used of this anointing. In the name of Jesus, come on and lift your hands and say, I surrender to this anointing, Lord Jesus. I surrender to this anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ, if you're online right now, put that hand emoji lifted and say, I receive this anointing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.